Hey everybody, this is Patty. Welcome to the Witching Hour. I have a wonderful guest for you, a dear friend of mine I've known a long time, and you're going to love her if you don't know her. She's an author, she's a witch, she's a psychic medium, Melissa St. Hilaire. Before I bring on Melissa, where's Patty? Because the once a week I know is once a week that I tell you. If you are tuning into this the week we first dropped, which is the week of Monday, January 22nd, 2024. I probably just landed home from Virginia doing a Paracon, but I am home now and I'm home for the whole month. So February, if you want to come to LA, you can join me at the Endless Night Vampire Ball. It's always just after Valentine's Day. We have a great new location at the Mayan in downtown LA. It's fun. It's fabulous. You put on your top hat, put on your best gown, and go hang with the vampires. Nice vampires. I will be there. Lots of other things coming up. I'm booking across the whole year, but the one to sign up for now is the first weekend of May to join me in Romanian. Yep, Romanian. It's a witch and vampire tour with myself and Father Sebastian of castles and spooky parties and forests all throughout Romania. So it's time to get your reservations now. Make sure you have a passport now. And I would love to join you there. Everything else, go to my website, pattynegri.com. Follow me on social media. I post it. Sign up for my newsletter where I sent, you know, once or twice a month. Little Here's where I am. So I know too. Other than that, Tuesdays, check me out teaching. I am doing a mediumship course right now at my school, University Magicus. And you could jump in midway because you can get the videos of the first couple classes if you miss them. It's mediumship for everybody. I promise you can learn to talk to the other side, even if you don't think you can. And on Wednesdays, where are you going to be? Right here online with the Witches Movie Coven, where Heather and Jason and Richard Lael and Courtney and myself argue about witch movies. It's really fun and we want your opinion too. Other than that, go to my website where you can get some power panties, you can get some spellcaster merch, you can get my book, and you can get lots of free education in my YouTube pages, find out where my school is, and of course my network Paraflix, because you can't have too much paranormal in your life. Other than that's where's Patty. Hey everybody, guess what time it is? It is time for the Willow Report. Not just any willow report this is pretty pretty willow report because willow just got groomed this week yes indeed want to see look at these pretty little bobbed ears bobbed ears nice paws without all the extra fur all over them pretty fluffy tail i know she probably looks exactly the same to you but she doesn't she our friend nan came over and gave her a nice soapy bath and a trim. And then you know what she did? She went out and rolled in the dirt. Because that's what dogs do, huh? She had a play date in the muddy dirt. So maybe she's not as shiny as she was a couple days ago. But she still has these cute little bobbed ears. And there's our obligatory yawn. Anyway, we all need a bath once in a while, right, Willow? Right. Anyway, that's the Willow Report. I just wanted to show her off. Look at this beauty. For this week's magic lesson, we're going to talk about the days of the week. Yep. You know, it actually can make a difference in the magic and the magic that you are doing. 
Now, I'm of the school as if you need Monday magic on a Thursday, do it on a Thursday. But I'm going to give you the attributes to some of the days because actually all the dates are attached to different planets. Like Monday. Monday is actually attached to the moon. And Monday is a really good day for love, for emotional things. If you want to use colors, it's a really good. Use some gold colors. Use some red colors to bring out the magic in the day. So you don't have to do it, but it's a really nice day just to tune into that moon emotion of things. If you're doing some nice emotional releasing or something. Tuesday, now Tuesdays, I would go with yellow as a lead color because it is ruled by Mars. Think about Mars. That's warring and fighting sometimes. So it's really good for aggressions or releasing aggressions or power that you want to do something. Really good for sex and sex magic and just anything that you want that power of Mars behind you. Try it on a Tuesday. How about Wednesday? Now, Wednesday is ruled by Mercury. I use a lot of green with Mercury, and that's about intelligence and thinking stuff. Mercury is kind of a smart planet. So if you want to do something about you're going to take a test or you want to get really straight thinking, maybe try it on a Wednesday. Thursday, Jupiter. Thursday is Jupiter. I use blue a lot with Thursday. It is really good for legal matters, money matters, anything to do with intelligence and maybe court battles and anything like that, that is a really good day to do it on Thursday. What about Friday? What do you hear me talk about Friday a lot? Love magic because Friday is ruled by Venus. I use indigos or I'll even use pinks and reds and everything if you're going to love thing. But Friday is a really good day for anything to do with relationships. Also with art because that's coming from this beautiful heart place. What about the last day? Saturday? Saturn. Saturn rules Saturday. Black is really my favorite color to use for that because that encompasses all colors. It is really good for judgment and things like coming up with judgment. It's good for obstacles and getting rid of obstacles. That's one good thing about black. Black gets rid of obstacles. It's good anything magic you're doing with property. So again, you don't have to use the dates, but they will give you that much extra kick of energy. Every day of the week has some magic. Also, remember your moon cycles, not just planets. It's our moon. The two, waxing moon, add into your life. Waning moon, release. Again, do money spells from the new moon into the waxing moon and full moon. You want to do a diet spell, do it full moon in through the waning moon, letting go. It's all really easy. It's all really magic. and It all really works. Magic is everywhere. Sometimes it's even dependent on the day of the week. I have some personal, fabulous, dear friend, witchy, psychic, medium, author, friend of mine, the one and only Melissa St. Hilaire. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Patty. Thank you so much for having me back on. Oh, <laughs> oh you are so welcome to be on. We've been trying to get you on for a while in these crazy days of going on. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We have known each other, I don't know how many years, many years, probably met I want to say like a decade. <laughs> I think we actually at least tried to learn table tipping together. I remember going to your house and trying to do our seance stuff and everything. So for anybody who doesn't know you yet, tell everybody about who you are and what's going on. 
Sure. Yeah. So I'm an author and a witch and a psychic medium. And to talk about the table tipping, that was sort of my entry into this whole world. I mean, I've been, you know, dabbling and studying this stuff since I was about 12 years old, but it was around that time, I think it was about a decade ago. And I started to think like, I want to do seances. And I remember going to your seances and learning from you and thinking yours were so cool and fun. And then I got very into the Victorian spiritualism. And so I started to like take on almost kind of a purist attitude of like, I don't want to use any gadgets. I want everything to be like how they did it in the 1800s. And that's when I started doing the table tipping, which is super fun. And for people who don't know what table tipping is, it's basically you get a round table that usually you want to have like a center pole. You don't want the four legs because then it doesn't tip. <laughs> but if you get that center pole leg in the Victorian area, I believe they were called wine tables. I think that's what they were. And the idea is that you sit around, you put your hands gently on the edge of the table, and then, you know, you go through the ritual of, you know, creating sacred space and centering yourself, connecting with your fellow mediums and, and whoever else is at the table, and then calling in your spirits with the hopes that they will gently rock the table. And then you can create a language out of that where, you know, it could be rock forwards and backwards for yes, side to side for no. And what's really weird is that when I started doing it, I noticed that other things started to happen. Like before the table would rock, there would be a knocking in the center of the table. Do you remember that, Patty? We yes. would do it and they would ask, it didn't tip, but it knocked. Right. It would be like, it's not tipping, but it's knocking. So, and it was weird. And I remember the first time I did it, we all got on our knees and looked underneath the table because we were trying, we were like, you know, you want to rule out and debunk anything that's just, you know, isn't spirit. Right. And we were all like, is this really spirit? And we're looking underneath it. And we didn't see, there was no way to even get to the center of the table. There was nothing there that could create a knocking sound. And I remember we started asking questions like, I think we established something like, you know, once one knock for yes, two for no, or something like that. And it started talking to us and answering questions. And it's just super fun. <laughs> Yeah. Even without ghost equipment, you know, that's what's cool. I'm with you there too. Though it's fun once in a while to add a little bit of equipment if it's quiet and it have is. information back and forth. But yeah, that was our first thing and we got knocking right away. And now I must say, yes, those like three-legged tables or that center pile table are the best. But last year at Virginia, no, at Vulture City, I kind of freaked out because I knew I was doing a seance. This is my cat. This is great. Yes, I see on the visual. And she's crazy. And we love her. <laughs> anyway, so I knew every year there I did seances. I did galleries. We did all of a sudden, Patty Negri, table tipping. I'm like, what? Ah. <laughs> no, I'm not the person to be doing table tipping. <laughs> So Hilarious. I called him who kind of grew up in Lilydale kind of stuff. It's like, okay, help me with this. And that's if we do, yeah, you're going to feel, you're going to feel the ectoplasm on your finger. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and I must say that I went there and I table tipped with over 50 people. We kept changing people with four people. And this was a four legged table and we were dancing across the room. I'm like, Wow. Believe it. And then soon I I would even That's step amazing. Let the babies do themselves. And it was just it works, you guys. It's it's spirit. It's magic. It's energy. And 
honestly better than any ghost meter if you're getting a table all by itself to start bouncing across the floor rocking knocking I, that's still the most one ever and i think because the need was so there the intent was so there you know 50 plus people going this is gonna work it was magic <laughs> so you're this is that's part of your regular thing you do now and everything so that's awesome yeah, it's super fun. And, you know, and I try to incorporate other modalities as too. And of course, you know, I know we both love the dousing rods. So whenever I'm doing any kind of medium stuff, I have to pull those out because they're so fun. And, you know, it's probably my favorite form of divination with a group of people because everyone can clearly see that you're not affecting them at all. You know, you hold, you know, you hold your hands, you know, like this. And I, I love using those too, because it's like such an immediate connection to spirit. You know, you ask like, show me yes. And it's like, boom, like immediately. <laughs> no, right. And then literally point to where the spirit is. Whoop, they go here or go there. Where's Melissa? Over here. It's like, exactly. it's amazing. You know, amazing. I was using that. I did a, a ghost hunt with the spirit realm network over at Glen, Glen Tavern Inn. And it was amazing because like, you know, we're standing there. We had, we, we did like a combination of using, you know, my sort of Victorian era stuff. And then my friend, Cheryl Plum, I think, you know, Cheryl Plum, she is the, she's sort of like the, my tech guru. <laughs> and we were doing this cool thing where I was using the dousing rods to ask questions and, you know, talk to the spirits in the place. And then her gadgets would answer the same way as the dousing rod. And I just thought that was so cool. It was such a fun marriage of the two, you know, modalities. And then of course, you know, we'd ask like, you know, where the spirits are. And there were times when like the dousing rod was just like, boom, because there were, there are so many spirits in that location. They were going nuts, like just wow. scanning the area. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I, I do like when the equipment, when the techs, I'm not a techie, so it's hard, but somebody else holding that SLS camera, because really we could say, and I, I say this all the time, I could say, okay, there's a ghost doing jumping jacks on the table. You believe me or you don't believe me, but now there's yeah. somebody in the other room with an SLS camera and a little green stick figure of a ghost doing jumping jacks. It's like, yes, that's what I see. <laughs> and I just love it. I love that we, because the paranormal world is its own world. We know that all the ghost hunters and paranormal investigators and our witchy world is its own world that doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with paranormal and ghost hunting, even if we talk to spirits. But right. I love what you and I do that we get to combine them and bring our witchy world and magic and respect and knowledge into the paranormal world, which yeah. is. Yeah, I totally agree. That's, and that's why when I do teach my mediumship series, which I, I just taught mediumship for, which is one part one, a couple of months ago, and I'll be teaching another series on mediumship for witches in, I think it'll be June this year, but I, at the green man store in North Hollywood. But yeah, that, that's why I teach that because, you know, I saw that there were, you know, there's a lot of classes you can take on witchcraft and there's a lot of classes you can take on mediumship. But I was like, well, wait a minute. Why don't I marry the two? Cause that's what I do anyway. That's my, like, that's my every day. <laughs> exactly. So there's two of us in the work to grow because we both teach it. We both, and that is beautiful. So for all my like new people out there, you live your life just like I do. You live, this is who we are, not just what we do on weekends or full moons or anything like that. How is your, well, tell us a bit about your path, your witchy path, how you got here and how wow. it works in your life. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it kind of, I started really young <laughs> because my mom used to go to psychics all of the time. She used to, you know, she used to go to psychics to help and, you know, answer questions and things like that. And so she would bring me along to these psychics. And so I would look at the crystals and the jewelry and the tarot decks and all this stuff. And I got immediately enamored. And I must have been like, I know I was definitely a preteen, <laughs> probably eight or 10, somewhere in there. And then when I was 12, my mom got me my first tarot deck and it was the, the, oh gosh, now I'm blanking on what it was called. It was that famous one. It was all based on Greek mythology. I think it's like, is it the mythic tarot? Is that what it's called? And I, you know, I immediately became obsessed with it because I was like, you know, it was always so super accurate. Every time I would pull a card for myself, for my mom, for my friends, and then I had a girlfriend at the time. Her name was Kristen. And she was like the smartest girl in the school. We were super tight. We were in all the nerdy classes together. <laughs> and like, and she had this book on witchcraft. And she was like, she's like, oh, Melissa, well, if you're into tarot, you've got to check out witchcraft as well. And of course, you know, I'd been going to Salem all the time. Like we lived, I lived in Massachusetts. We were super close. So the combination of like, reading my friend's book, getting into tarot, and then going to Salem sort of blossomed in me this interest and this intrigue into this other world. And I feel like I was partly interested in it because ever since I was about three, I could see spirits. And, you know, to the point where when I was a child, a little toddler, I didn't understand that everyone couldn't necessarily see them. I just thought that was normal. And of course, now as an adult, I don't quite see them as clearly as I did then. Cause you know, when you're little, it's just wide open, you know, but it, right. And then it kind of goes away for a little while. So it's like, so I had this like preteen sort of obsession with it. I got very into Wicca at that time. I got the, I think it was the Wicca handbook by Eileen Holland. I believe that's who was a popular book in the like eighties and nineties. Yeah. And so I, I considered myself Wiccan for a long time. And then about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, however long ago it was, I discovered the Green Man store and started studying British traditional craft. And then I fell in love with that. And then, you know, in between there, I studied Egyptian magic, and which is, I got to say, Egyptian magic is the most potent magic I have ever worked in my life. <laughs> and... Um, and then, of course, I studied also Norse magic. So anyway, I was, you know, I was like sort of studying all of these different versions. And I started to realize, like, I don't really think I'm a Wiccan. I, I think I might be eclectic because I like borrowing from a lot of different sources. And in, then I had my DNA checked and everything made sense because I have, I'm like everything. I've got a mix. I've got Egyptian in there. I've got British in there. I've got, you know... Scandinavian in there. And I was like, oh, okay, well now all of, you know, all of the things I'm interested in make sense to me. And so now I kind of just, if I were to label my craft now, which I don't really love labels, <laughs> right. But if I were to label it, I'd probably call it spirit craft because I kind of have landed at a place where I look at, I view the world like ant through animism. You know, I think, I feel like everything has a spirit in it. And, you know, if you 
talk to these spirits, if you work with these spirits, you notice that there's different ty- there's all and you know this, Patty, there's all different types of spirits. It's not just people who've died. Oh. It's, you know, there are elementals and fairies and, you know, star spirits, planet spirits, tree spirits, they're everywhere, you know? And I try to incorporate all of that into my magic. Well, you, I mean, that is, we, you, you could have been telling my story. You are my little sister from another mother and another father, because me too, I was seeing spirits with the kids. I, as a kid, I do think that kids can see it, but it just gets taught out of us in our Western, modern, non-mystical society. That's your imaginary friend. It's your, they took away, they based everything on left brain logic and the magic went away, but it just didn't get taught out of us, some of us, but if we all have that wonder of kids, but me think, I do think Wicca is entry-level witchcraft and not that you can't stay with it or whatever. Me too. Scott Cunningham, the whole thing. And this is, yes. Oh, elements, all this. And then it's like, oh, but I like this same thing, the Norse and the tradcraft and the, this and the Egyptian and the, I don't have a title either. I I like eclectic is the ghosts, but then that's so overused. So I like yours. We have to borrow that. I'm spirit. spirit And you know what my recent ex- obsession is? I have to show you this book. So this is my recent obsession. And it's the, the Key of Solomon, the King. And I so I had been reading the three occult, the, geez, the three books of occult philosophy. I'm dyslexic. So sometimes I mix up <laughs> my titles. But that's by Henry Grippus. Or, anyway, it's Agrippa. And I was reading that book. And then I started to get sort of drawn to the Solomon seal. So then I started diving. So this is like, you know, and this is how it works for me. This is my craft. Like I, I discover something new and like dive in and try to learn everything I can about it. And then, you know, use that and incorporate that and then find something new that I dive into and like use everything about it. And I find like with the, with these, they, it works really well with the spirits and, you know, it's amazing. Like there's even one, seal of Solomon that in my mind, I think of as the ghost hunters seal because because I have a few medallions, keys of Solomon and thing. I'm a big sigil girl. So who, what is the ghosty cell? What is the ghosty key? Well, I think of it. So I have it right here. I didn't want to wear it because when I wear it, it clangs with the others and makes too much noise, but it is the third pentacle of Jupiter. And it's basically the idea is that it will, you can, in the book, they say control spirits, but I don't really like that terminology because I don't want to control anything, right. but it's more the idea that it sort of attracts spirits, but, but good spirits, and but then also repels negative spirits. Ooh. So, right. So I was like, oh, I love that. And you invoke it with a psalm and, you know, and then you can just, you know, use it as you see fit. And so I would just say, you know, I would hold it and be like, you know, any spirits that are present who are, you know, who you know, intend good and positive things, please come forth, you know, any negative spirits, please stay back. And I've been using, I just got the sigil like a couple of days ago and it works. It's really strong. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, I'm going to have to check that one out. I mean, that is beautiful because again, there's such power in a sigil, in a symbol before. So yeah, everybody, that is a nice thing for everybody to check out. So speaking of books, you have a brand new book just getting released. Tell us. Yes. Yeah. So I'm so excited. So I, I wrote it, I think it was like two years ago that I wrote it and it's finally coming out on May 7th and uh, this year. And it's called 30 Real Signs from the Afterlife. 
And it's the publisher is Callisto, but it's being distributed by Simon and Schuster and then also Sourcebooks under Penguin Random House. And it's just, this is like a total dream come true. I have wanted to be traditionally published for as long as I can remember. As long as I could read a book, I've wanted to be traditionally published. And, you know, I tried many different paths to get here. And, you know, every single one of them kind of were like was meant with resistance, you know, and you know how magic is, you know, if you come across resistance, there's a reason for that, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, okay, well, don't push it. Maybe it's meant for later. And then this book unfolded, like it was absolute magic how it unfolded. The, you know, the publisher reached out to me. They were like, oh, we're looking for an expert in mediumship and someone who can talk about it with like non-denominational. And I was like, I can do that. You know what I mean? No problem. And I know I taught for so, so many years. I just took all of my classes and I kind of skimmed the cream off the top and like put that into the book. And the first part of the book is basically all about how to connect with the spirit. You know, I talk about all the things that we're talking about now, the fact that I'm convinced that we are all born with this ability. I, you know, I mean, I acknowledge that some of us are a little, maybe a little more adept at it than others, just like some people can draw better than others. But honestly, anybody can draw if you pick up a pen and just start doodling, you know? So I look at mediumship the same way. We can all communicate with spirit. And I truly believe that we all we are always communicating with spirit without even realizing it half the time. And that we're always getting signs from the afterlife. And we maybe we just don't even know what that is or how to interpret it or, or what's happening. So the idea behind the book is the first part is to teach you you know, how to set sacred space, how to protect yourself, how to set intentions so that you know, you know what you're looking for. Because if you just go like, spirit, talk to me, you might miss something. It's a little too vague, you know? So I try to teach through the book, you know, this is how to sort of prepare yourself so that you know what to look for. And then the second part of the book is just basically like a reference guide. I I went and I studied, I read so many books, so many dream dictionaries and so on and so forth, read articles. I just, you know, devoured everything to talk about like, you know, well, if you see a butterfly, this is what it could possibly mean. If you see a bird, this is what it could possibly mean and so on and so forth. So that, you know, people would start to learn how to recognize it when it happens and then how to interpret it because that's the other, you know, that's the other missing element to it. You know, we might see a feather, but what does it mean? (laughs) And I do that in my medium. It's a language. You have to learn your spirit language because yours might be slightly different than mine, slightly different than the next guy's. So it's that it's literally its own language, the the feather, the, this, the, that. Exactly. And so like I, so one of the key, one of the key things that I try to tell people is, you know, use what I'm sharing for definitions of these things. These are interpretations as a launch pad, you know, and then try to figure out like what it is for you. And in the back of the book, there is a a journal area so that you can write down you know, this is what I experienced. This is when I experienced it. This is how I was feeling when it happened. And then you can, like like what you said, you can create your own spirit language because, you know, for example, seeing a black cat is going to mean different things to different people. 
You know what I mean? If you're terrified of cats, that might be some kind of an omen or a warning. But if you love cats, you know, it's telling you that things are great and it's going to work out. (laughs) And that's a funny one because cats... In a, just the general overgeneralization in America, a black cat crossing your path is considered bad luck. In Europe, it is considered good luck. The difference right. in the notion. Yeah, it's like, but every person's going to, like you said, if you like cats, you don't like cats. It's going to be different, right? <laughs> and we both like cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might have heard one while I was talking. I have one I right behind me. They're <laughs> so cute. They're so cute. Is a funny little one. I'm convinced that a spirit brought me this cat that's behind me. Her name is Jasmine and she's a Siamese. And I have my whole life, I've always wanted to have a Siamese cat. And when I was little, my grandfather who passed away when I was three, and he's actually the first spirit that I remember seeing, but he had a Siamese cat who used to like ride on his shoulders everywhere. And when he passed away, that cat just vanished which I always thought was very strange and sort of mystical in its own way. But then I was, I kept asking like, you know, the spirits like, God, you know, I would really love to have a Siamese one day, but you know, I don't buy my cats. I just, I rescue them. So I, you know, I was like, I'll probably never get one unless one happens to just be randomly born in my front yard. And then you know what happened? Randomly born (laughs) in the front yard. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that crazy? So I had to sit there and say, you know, thank you, Grandpa, because I knew it was him. You know, I knew he was like, you know, now here you go. This is our connection. You know, you have your Siamese cat and she is a handful. She's a little nut. (laughs) I have to ask you, I've always had cats. I've always had dogs. I've always had them both together. I've always had every other kind of animal growing up. But I've never had a Siamese cat because my mother was convinced that only Siamese cats climb the curtains. Does your Siamese cat climb the curtain? Yes, they do. Mother was She will climb the curtains. I have blinds. She will climb the blinds. There have been times when I have heard this panicked mew and I come running into the living room and she's like halfway up the blinds, stuck between and hanging over. And I'm like, oh my, like you little nutcase. How did this even happen? Oh, that is funny. So you were right, mom, because I was, but I like Siamese cats. No, they'll climb the curtains. Okay, then I'll get every other kind of cat. Hysterical. (laughs) Well, yeah, I have to say they are definitely a handful. I love her, though. She is, I love her so much. People come over and everyone loves her because she is so quirky and like she has to introduce herself to everybody. She has to basically, she's like, okay, you're allowed to come in. You're not allowed to come in. Anyway, well, this is wonderful. So tell, before we go, you guys, you're going to love Melissa like I, Melissa. I like I love Melissa. Always have. And it's great to get to catch up if doing this. This is awesome. We're going to have to go play together again soon. A ghost on a seance, anything. But tell all our listeners and watchers where they can find you online, websites, shops, and what, anything you have coming up. Yeah. So on May 11th, I am doing a book signing slash workshop at the Green Man store. I'm going to be doing the workshop on what I call spirit scribbling. It's basically automatic writing, but it leaves the the door open for drawing as well. And it's basically a, a workshop on how to channel spirits to help remove like creative blocks and things like that. So if you're a writer, artist, that kind of thing. But it's also great just to get questions answered. So I'm doing that May 11th. 
And then you can find me on um, uh, my website, AmericanWitch13.com. And you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the social medias, Blue Sky, though I rarely post there. But you can find me, you know, my my biggest one is probably Instagram. And that's AmericanWitch13 as well. And anything that I do, like any upcoming seances or ghost hunts or classes will all be posted there. Great. American Witch 13. And that's my number two. I was born on the 13th. So my little sister. (laughs) Anyway, well, thank you, Melissa. You guys like her follower. I highly recommend everything about you. So and your book releases May May 7th, yes. May 7th, the book comes out. You can pre-order it now. In it's on you know Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, Target, all you know, all of the major retailers. It's out there. 30 real signs from the afterlife. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing your magic to the witching hour. Thank you.